News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. First up, we're joined now, as I said, by the Minister for Public Expenditure and Reform, Pascal Dunahoo. Good morning to you, Minister. Good morning, Kira. Good morning to a you, lot, Kira. A lot to get through with you this morning, Minister. Um, I'm going to start, first of all, those protests we saw outside the Dáil yesterday. Your reaction to seeing effigies of politicians hung from, from fake gallows, photos of, of, of your colleagues on, on both sides of the House on those gallows. What was, what was your, um, I suppose, response to it? I was appalled by it, uh, but more important than my own personal response to it is the signal that it sent out about the conduct of politics within our country. Uh, the right to protest, the right in particular to protest outside Leinster House is an established part of a proud and old democracy like our own. Uh, uh, all that being said, what we saw yesterday was something very different. It was not a protest against individual politicians or a protest against political parties or even a government. It was a protest against the concept, I believe, of representative politics, as we know, within our country. And uh, for those who are considering becoming politicians at some point in the future, I just have to make the point that that is such a, uh, what we saw happen yesterday is so rare. It's such an infrequent occurrence within our democracy. And then for the vast majority of people who vote within our country for politicians, it just reaffirms the value to me of of casting a vote. And in particular, uh, casting a vote for those who are working hard and sometimes differ, and nearly all the time differ, to try to make Ireland a better place inside the democracy. Have you any view, Minister, on on where this is coming from? Because this isn't something that we saw up until relatively recently. Uh, Is there a reason why we're seeing this, I suppose, heightened level of protest that is menacing, that is intimidating? So I'd highlight three points, Kira, that I think are happening. And Ireland is not unique in having to confront this. Uh, And perhaps we are unique in that it's happening to us a little later than it is happening to some other democracies. Firstly, there's the broad and real pressure that we're all feeling, and I know your listeners are feeling, in relation to the cost of living, the challenges of getting by, the many different issues that we're facing at the moment. And I appreciate how difficult that is. But I think added to that, there's uh, two other factors. Uh, The first one is, in the aftermath of the pandemic, uh, the way our states operate, the way governments operate, has become increasingly viscerally challenged by a small number of people who see what I would believe to be the operation of the state for the benefit of all and or the majority being actually being the operation of the state for more sinister purposes. And then thirdly, that that view uh, has clearly fed into conspiracy theories then that are amplified and spread easily through all the different forms of digital communication that are part of our daily lives. And those two last points, I think, are particularly new uh, after a pandemic and all of the challenges that we went through. Uh, So yesterday was a very disturbing, a very bad day. uh, And I'm greatly concerned by the way in which I saw some politicians treated and their staff treated and the behaviour I know that you've covered. And it was about a protest against the way we conduct politics in our country. Uh, But I just want to make the point again, that's why voting is important and to assure those who want to come into politics that what happened yesterday is rare and I hope will continue to be rare and people like me have a duty to call that out, which I'm I'm doing here today. 
Okay, thank you for that. Um, with regard to the Dáil in general, an absent Taoiseach, an absent Tánaiste, the leader of the third party of government also missing, Stephen Donnelly, Minister for Health. Was it really necessary for all four of them to attend the UN in New York? Yes, I do believe it was. And the reason for that is uh, some of the challenges that we are now facing from a political point of view, Kira, are so global in nature. But even though they're global in nature, the consequences are national and even highly local, uh, whether it be migration, whether what happens with regard to climate and how we deal with that, and even health. Uh, for example, the World Health Organization and thinking about pandemics are an important part of the meetings that are underway at the moment. So for that reason, you know, it has been a long-standing tradition that our Taoiseach and our Minister for Foreign Affairs participate in those meetings every year, every <clears throat> every September, which they do. But the nature of these meetings are now stretching into health, they're now stretching into energy. And our country does have a tradition of participating in those meetings at a global level and representing our people well, which is what the ministers were doing. And I can assure you, Kira, I was on to the Taoiseach yesterday during the day. He was on to me last night. The contact continues and the work continues even if it's on the, you know, in the US and we're here in Dublin. All right. Moving on to the, the budget, Minister. Um, notes of caution being sounded by the Central Bank, the ESRI, uh, the Fiscal Advisory Council, all of whom suggesting that this budget looks like it will be pro-cyclical, that these giveaways, this, this, this package that, that's going to be made available is going to fuel inflation here. What do you say to that? That I'm well aware of the risk and completely understand uh, that we need to avoid global and European inflation becoming embedded into Irish inflation. And the reason we're trying to avoid that happening, which we have so far, is if that happens, even if inflation falls elsewhere in the world, we run the risk of that not happening in Ireland, which we be, means we become a lot poorer for a lot longer. Uh, mm-hmm. So of course I accept that's a risk. But in addition to that, I do have a duty to try to respond back to the cost of living pressures that your listeners are really feeling at the moment, even though inflation is still slowing down, prices are still going up and there is a need for the government to try to help where we can with that. And secondly, even as we help with that, we're running surpluses, which are now very rare, even within Europe at the moment. Uh, We predicted that for this year, we would have a surplus of between 8 to 10 billion euro. We're aiming to keep that and build that for next year. And this is money that we are not planning to spend. If, if I was on your show here this morning, Kira, and I was saying that, you know, this 10 billion euro that we've just collected in corporate tax receipts that we're planning, which we believe we might not have forever, but we're going to spend all of us. Uh, I think that genuinely would be the wrong thing to do because sure. we've been, and we're not planning to do that. So of course I accept there are risks. And if the coffers were empty, it would it would be a madness. Twice. Yeah, it would be a madness. But if our domestic policy here is at odds with EU monetary policy, which, which has been consistently trying to drive down, uh, I think it's 10 interest rate hikes over the past year or more, um, consistently trying to drive down inflation, that's the whole purpose of it. And, and we're doing everything we can to ease the impact of those things. Uh, are we not sort of speaking out of both sides of our mouths? I respectfully make the case, though, that that hasn't been the case so far. And the reason why it hasn't been the case so far is for the second time since I've been involved in our finances and in our managing our economy, 
we're coming back to a surplus. This is the second time it's happened. And then the Minister for Finance, Minister McGrath uh, and I, uh, have over the last two years grown our surplus. Uh, so we have grown the amount of money that we are not spending, recognising that if we spent that money, then we would be going against the grain of what's happening with interest okay. rates, which in turn are trying to get inflation down. And if you look at the rate of growth of public spending, particularly since uh, our inflationary difficulties became so intense, it has been below the pace at which prices have gone up. Are you disappointed there won't be a 30% tax ban? That was very much associated with Fine Gael. Uh, So we put this and and, uh, asked for this to be examined. Indeed, uh, that work began when I was Minister for Finance. What's more important to me is that we're able to ensure that reasonable and affordable changes in taxation uh, avoid the situation that when somebody gets a wage increase, they lose over half of it due to taxation. And that's recognised in the programme for government and the government are working on that and Minister McGrath will consider options regarding how that can be achieved. Okay, speaking of pay increases, €15,000 pay increases for the Department of Housing's top civil servant. This is in the height of the housing crisis. Um, Is that justifiable in your view? So I've published the report that led to my accepting a recommendation to make that change. Of course, I accept in the face of all of the housing challenges that we have, it's a a decision that will be questioned. It's why I made the report public. The reason why I made this decision and uh, uh, made the change is because any employer uh, does have to have uh, wages in terms and conditions that reflect the importance of different jobs that have been done. Does it not also sector. have to reflect how good a job they're doing? A lot of people would suggest that housing is still not on top of its brief, that there is still a crisis, that it's ongoing, and that it's operating too slowly. Uh, and absolutely, we need to do more. And uh, I, I would never pretend anything but that, Kira. Uh, but any other employer across our economy, if they've some jobs that are more important than others and that are more important to the delivery of really important things, do have pay and conditions that in turn reflect that. And as we have so much to do with when as we've so much to do with housing care, and we do, and we've more progress we need to make. The Department of Housing, its size and its importance to governments is far bigger and far larger than it was when the government was formed. And from an employment perspective, that change reflected that. Okay. Sinn Féin says that, that the idea that, that Fine Gael is supportive of home ownership is farcical. Uh, and that was in relation to their motion on um, mortgage interest relief being voted down. What do you say to that? That the single measure that makes the biggest difference to helping people buy their first home at the moment through our tax code is the help to buy scheme. Uh, Sinn Féin have consistently opposed that and called for its abolition. And due to the government, uh, to my own party and to the support of this also by Minister McGrath, Uh, Over 400 people every week are able to avail of that scheme to help them buy their first home. Uh, So we support a measure that has delivered more and increased home ownership. It's increasing at its fastest pace now for many years. We know we have far more we need to do, but Sinn Féin are trying to speak out of both sides of their mouth on this issue. Okay, moving on to something entirely different. New research today released says more than six in 10 want the TV licence fee to be scrapped and three in four would not support a move to the revenue involved in the collection of funding for RTE. How are we going to fund RTE? So firstly, I believe the television licence is a vital part of how we will fund RTE in the future. Uh, If we were to abolish it, 
there would be 150 million, I believe, of lost revenue that we would simply have to find out of taxation. So we would be robbing Peter to pay Paul. I know many at the moment are questioning, should they pay the television license? I believe they should. Not only is it a matter of law, it's also part of how we can fund public service broadcasting, which I believe is so important in a democracy. Indeed, going back to the first set of questions you put to me about how democracies function. In relation to the funding issues of RTE, we will deal with this in two different phases. Firstly, we have some um, recommendations from an organisation that was put in place to look at the future of media in Ireland that made a recommendation regarding money being made available to RTE before the recent difficulties developed. And we will consider that in the context of the budget. And then Minister Martin and I will work closely on this issue and aim to bring recommendations to government on more longer term issues by the end of this year. Uh, so that, Kira, is the way we look to deal with this issue. And very lastly, Minister, I know you launched uh, an update on Project Ireland 2040 about infrastructural projects that are going to take place around the country. We had Fergus Finlay, columnist on the show uh, a number of weeks ago, talking about proceduralism and the fact that Ireland is drowning in red tape and we're not actually able to implement infrastructural projects in, in an efficient manner in this country. A, do you agree with them? And B, what's going to be done about it? I don't agree with them. Uh, look at the National Broadband Plan. Uh, look at the National Children's Hospital. Oh, yeah, come on. Uh, absolutely. Uh, but in turn, we acknowledged that there were significant governance difficulties in the uh, design and implementation of the National Children's Hospital. We aim to fix this. And then as we fix it, we've always saying there's too much red tape. So we have to be somewhere in the middle in dealing with these really important issues. Uh, if you look at it, the rollout of really big infrastructure projects in our country, the National Broadband Plan is making huge progress and it's going to be at the heart of how we revitalise and are revitalising our economies in towns and villages. Look at what we're doing in higher and further education, the speed with which projects like the Technological University of Dublin campus in Grange Gorman has happened. And we've housing projects now all over the country that are being delivered through local authorities that are on time and are on budget. So, uh, yes, we got something like the National Children's Hospital. We did learn from uh, what we should have done better there. But there are many, many other projects that are on track. And it's one of the reasons why I published this report to aim to invite large global construction companies to be present here in Ireland and to be aware of the opportunities that there are to build more homes and deliver better public transport. Minister for Public Expenditure and Reform, Pascal Donoghue, thank you very much for speaking to News Talk Breakfast. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.